If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to In The Pink. The podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham, where I talk to a cross-section of interesting people and find out all about their lives. Now, one of the hottest names in entertainment is Caroline Flack. She's hosted shows that have captured the nation's imagination. Her warmth and energy make her so easy to relate to. I've actually known and loved Flackie for about 15 years now, and sometimes we do go for months without seeing each other, but you know what? She's one of those people where that doesn't ever really matter. Nothing changes. You just reconnect so naturally each time you meet, like you've never been apart. And she tells me in this podcast about growing up with her twin, who she's in fact very different to, and about being mothered by her older siblings. She gives us the inside track on X Factor, Strictly, and of course, Love Island, and tells me what she wants to do next. She describes the press intrusion in recent years and the most ridiculous things that she's ever read about herself. All in all, it's a warm, open account of the wonderful world, according to Flack. It feels quite weird interviewing you. I think I need to level with the listeners and say that we have actually known each other for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so much so that um, I didn't need to do much research actually into you because I kind of feel like I already know it. Don't know all my skeletons, though, do you? I no, think no, you do. No, actually, no. you do. If, all, if anyone does, you do. <laughs> no, no. That's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Um, and actually, when we first met, do you remember that um, they basically booked two presenters for the same show? No, I'll tell you what happened. Go on, you tell me. I was hosting a poker show, <laughs> yeah. and then I was called up the next year, and I was told that they've got someone to replace me. And I was like, who is this person? They said, her name is Natalie Pinkham, and I Googled you. And I was like, oh, dear. And they offered you the job, and then about two weeks later, they said, would you like to do it as well? <laughs> so you took my job, and then they took me back I as well. That. Yeah, that's what happened how on my it, side of things. How has it been like 15 years where I didn't actually yeah, that's know what that that's what happened? I think I was always a bit sheepish about telling you what happened. Well, I, what I do know <laughs> is that the person who gave me the job was like, we've got a bit of a problem here. We've got two presenters doing one job, and they'll probably be at each other's throats. Oh, it's your coffee, lovely. Thank you so much. Um, and they said, oh, they'll probably hate each other. And within about... Three minutes of meeting you, I knew that wasn't really possible. Yeah, we're not those kind of people. No. But what I yeah. also remember is having a lot of fun with you because we used to pretend we were the same person. <laughs> yeah. And so what we used to do is like cut our hair and blow dry our hair the same way, put our hair makeup on. Tongs. And tongue it all the same, exactly. And then um, we used to say to people in the in the um, casinos, Well, you never see us 
together in the same room, do you? Exactly. Because we are, in fact, the same person. And here we are in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a lot of fun, actually. Um, Travelling around Europe and playing poker and talking rubbish. And and actually, it was a good way for me, at least, to cut my teeth in terms of live television because no one watched it. When if they did, they were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It was really hard, actually, I have to say. Um, because I thought that when I first started telly, I'd go down the route of sports presenting. I don't know why. It was the jobs I kept getting asked to do. And I didn't have a sporty background. So every job I got, I had to learn, really, like, research and get the knowledge of the sport. Because you know what it's like. You can't host a show unless you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You can't blag telly. You can blag it for a couple of weeks, but not forever. Yeah. And um, I found poker really hard to do because there's not many questions you can ask poker players <laughs> after they've been knocked out. Poker players generally, and I'm not generalising them as people aren't the most talkative no. of people because well, they, they spend don't. a lot of time not talking. Exactly, and they spend their whole time hiding their emotions. And also, when you get knocked out of a poker game, the last thing you want to do is talk about it. So there were, there were, there were we stood going, so how was that? Yeah. It was really difficult, but it was good training, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Did you do the I didn't, know. Okay, No problem. Um, yeah, but... Fun times, mm. and actually, we. And I remember going into a bar with you in, I think it was um, Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah, I knew you, you were going to say that. This is probably my, my one of my earliest, funniest memories of you <laughs> going. I'm going to get up on the stage and I'm going to start singing. And you've just got this unbelievable voice, which I don't think many people actually know. It's a little hidden talent. Why haven't you ever exploited that? Well, I did a little bit. I did a musical last year. Um, I don't think it's always been a in the ho- UK. Maybe it's been a hobby, and I, ne- I never wanted it. I never wanted it to be something I did as a career. I, I don't know. I did musical theatre when I was a kid, um, and then I became a bit shy with it. No. Yeah. Stop it. I, I, I have a few couple of couple of vodka sodas, and I'll get up on stage. <laughs> on, but, I would you ne- but I would never do it like in the morning. Really? <laughs> like first, like I would never do it sober. I don't think. Such a shame, mm. though, because you're bloody good. Um, right, let's uh, cast our minds back then to your childhood. What kind of memories do you have of it? Was it a happy time? It was. I always feel really lucky, actually, when talking about childhood, because, firstly, I'm a twin. So I always... I mean, since the womb, I've had company. Oh. You know, and then we shared a room. Well, we shared a cot. And we shared a room. And we shared... Ooh, there's food coming. That's your British. <laughs> right. So we shared... Caroline's starving. She's just done a workout. You've <laughs> yeah. got that post... Sweat oh God, I'm so hungry. Hunger. Also, I'm on a diet, so I'm just everything's about food. Um, that's I'm, the problem with dieting, isn't it? You think yeah, about food more, more than, than ever. you ever would. You think yeah. about right, yeah. what am I going to have? Yeah. Thank you. She says that she has a fizzy water. Are we not allowed fizzy water on diet? No, you definitely are. It's about oh, okay, like the fine. most boring, healthiest thing you oh, can okay, drink. Okay, yeah, so you had a twin, so, you've got a twin, got a you've twin. got a twin, and actually, she, what, a, what a lovely girl, she's, she's quite different to you though, isn't she? Different to me, but then we, we, are, we don't have any similarities whatsoever, but when, if you sort of put us back together as one person, we would probably make a whole, so we don't work without each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah, So I've gorgeous. never been on my own, really, I've always had someone since the beginning, and then we shared a classroom, and then a flat... And then we've never shared a boyfriend, but <laughs> there's still time. No, Yet. not really. <laughs> um, so we've, I've always learned to share everything, really. Yeah. That's one thing I've always I've had. And also, I've never minded sharing. And I've also always had someone. So actually, I'm re- people may say that I find it difficult to be on my own, but actually, I actually really crave my own time because I've always been you with someone really else. Yeah. yeah, so being for me, being 
trying to be an individual was quite difficult because mum used to dress us the same from the word go. I remember we had these like black wax jackets that we wore to school every day and everyone used to call us the robot twins <laughs> because they were so stiff and we'd like walk in with these tight belts and I'd just crave for my own coat. Look at these oh. kids who had their own clothes and stuff. What? So you didn't enjoy that uniformity? You actually wanted a sense of your own identity? Yeah, completely. That's funny because normally twins want to do everything together. No. And also I've never heard of twins that are as different as you two. I mean, you say you get on brilliantly and you need each other yeah um, there's a, a dependence there between you I two. don't know maybe I need her more than she needs me oh, but right. then when we actually get <laughs> when we ever have that you know have those deep conversations that come from nowhere or go into the you know to the wee hours of the morning she always then goes into how much she needs me as well so that Aww. makes me feel quite nice thanks Jo and she's married with three kids so yeah, she's leading so a very different life to you as well kids. but she started very early you know she had her first kid when she was 24 oh wow so and I was still like student sharing and trying to get 700 jobs at the same time just to be able to live in London so yeah so we're very different did it surprise you that that's the path she went down which was so different to yours no because I always wanted to get her and I always went so I'm like when I was a kid I knew I wanted to work in TV I knew I wanted to do something to do with TV or anything to do with the radio I just didn't know how to do it so I used to make my own cassette tape radio stations and give them to my friends I mean I'm sure they didn't listen to them but I'd be like well they're mix tapes yeah, but me sort of going, welcome to the show. <laughs> like that. And, then, and I'd make Joe be my guest. <laughs> or she Joe. didn't want to do it. She went, not again. Oh. So I think I forced entertainment out of her system <laughs> because she was always forced to like, be in, like, or we'd make her play and I'd make her be in it as well. But it was um, the ultimate like tribute or um, gift from a boyfriend to get a mixtape. Yeah. I mean, you really knew a bloke fancied you if he gave you a, a, a mixtape. Still do. Still like my favourite gift, I oh, think. You still do that? I had a boyfriend, um, not that long, actually, yeah, quite a long time ago. Well, I've had a boyfriend in my adult years. Um, <laughs> Who's given you a mixtape? As my first present, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. That's really cute. I just think it's more personal. Yeah, but what was on it? Any decent tunes? Chumble Wamba. No, not really. All right. Um, no, yeah, really lovely songs. Like, it made me realise he had a good taste in music. Yeah. But he wasn't that much of a keeper. He's gone now. No, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> the tape's still there, but he's gone. And you have got other siblings. You've got a brother. I've got a brother and another sister, mm-hmm. yeah. But they're much older. So my sister, Liz, is 10 years older, so she always felt more like a mother figure. Sister now, but she felt like... Because she helped my mum raise us, really, because my dad was always at work. So because my mum had twins and two others before that, I mean, wow. you know what it's like. Yeah, crazy. And then suddenly she's got two twins. Yeah. Uh, Liz was 10, and she would always hold one of us when the other one was being fed. That so is she amazing, felt, your yeah. mum. I know. But why was there such a big gap then? I don't know. I think they kind of wanted an extra kid, maybe eight years later, and then the little old... Well, big head popped out, because I had a really big head when I was a kid. (laughs) So, uh, big square head. And then, um, how old were you when your parents split? 26. So quite old. Yeah. Okay, so you've done your growing up through it. And did that make it... Yeah, do you know what? At the time... No, at the time I felt I was completely selfish about their breakup and I didn't obviously you don't want your parents to break up mm. and I was really angry about it but in, as time's gone past and I've realised that actually my parents are both human beings and adults I'm actually really proud of them of how they had to both start their lives again at the age of 60 um, and that comes with time oh here's yeah. your chicken thanks very much Finger looks looks that looks very healthy thanks. um yeah because that kind of element of reinvention at any age is mm. very hard but 60 yeah. bloody hell 
know. I mean, that was before online dating, and they'd only had each other when they were younger, and they met at 14 and 16. So that's all that they were 14 and 16. They were together. Yeah. My God. I know, they were married for a very long time. So you've got to be proud of two people who can restart lives again at that age. You can't be like a bratty little child, which I kind of was to start with. Yeah. Um, But that's quite natural as well. But then I hear some people, and this is going to be interesting, you Mm. trying to talk with mouthful of chicken, Mm. but let's keep going. We're not. (laughs) I bet it is. Um, I always think, though, when, um, when people split up later, you kind of go, there's part of you that goes, just hang on in there because you're old anyway now like just enjoy each other G- grow old together don't be lonely in your old age yeah. and then there's part of me that feels sad because I think well how long have they been unhappy for well, exactly. to break up that late yeah, does that so make not, sense of course and also like life still goes on you don't get to a certain age and it just stops you know I'm, god there's so much ageism going on all the time yeah. but it's never too late to be happy ever doesn't no. matter what age you are you know, especially in this day and age where you can find people across the world in a click of a button. Yeah. You know? And there's yeah. a lot of people out there who are looking for people at all but sorts of But that wasn't the case when they split up. So that was... It was it, a bit Do you know what? Online dating had just started. I had it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I heard this line from Tony Parsons, you know, the guy that wrote about mm-hmm. a boy. And he said, divorce can be good for uh, parents mm-hmm. or, for, you know, for a couple. It's never good for a child. Do you agree with that? Well, not really, because... But, but you were 26 by this situ- point, so you actually... depends on the situation. Yeah, but I know a lot of um, my friends whose parents divorced when they were younger, and sometimes, you know, it's it's, it's about being in a happy household and supportive yeah. household. And I've got friends who've got kids who've stayed best of friends with their partners, mm. and they put raising the child first over everything else. Yeah. And, you know, listen, dysfunctional families are everywhere, yeah. and love comes in so many different ways. It's not... It's, there's this idea of perfection yeah. to grow up and be perfect now, but it's just not about that anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know, I always felt a massive pressure before having Wilf and Willow, and I think that's probably why I kept delaying it, because I didn't have them until my mm. late 30s. Um, <clears throat> damn it, <laughs> just admitted my age again. <laughs> you lie about your... <laughs> I try and lie about my age, it Do doesn't you work. About, have you ever lied about I your age? I have lied about my age. When? Definitely. <laughs> But um, when? Well, I tell you when it, I tell you when it really pisses me off when you see it in the Daily Mail when it when it makes you older and you go, God damn it, I am not. As soon as it says you're a bit younger, you go, Oh, it's okay, I'll go with that. But have you ever lied about it to anyone? No, not of significant. Well, to... because in Formula One, that you have to give your passport over because you do so much travelling. Of course. So it is pretty clear that you are. Because people, old. not people I know, have shameless ages. Really? Mm. How do they get away with it though? Well, don't try to. You might have to wait for the answer because mm. it's a big. Lump of chickens just got in. <laughs> I've never been able to lie about mine because I've got twins, so she yeah, can't be the age. I know. And actually, because I grew up with Georgie Thompson, yeah. Um, I said, Georgie, everyone knows we were at school together, so can you stop telling the truth about your age? Because they know <laughs> that we're the same age. And gradually there's just going to be this divide. And my mum's the same. My mum, like, has grow, grown old graciously. She's quite hot, isn't she? Mm. She's a bit of a middle gilf now. Um, but she, I said, you've got to stop lying, otherwise you're going to sound like a child bride because I'm getting younger and younger and younger. Anyway, or they're the other way around. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what sleep deprivation does for you. How much hours sleep did you get last night? Three. What? Three hours. Why? And not for any naughty reasons. Just, Willow just doesn't sleep. Just an absolute... Oh, pink. I know. <laughs> so anyone out there that can give me any help on a sleeping... Or toddler getting the toddler back to sleep. She just no. She's a very strong-willed. She just wants to get into bed with me. And well, then, what time does she go to bed? 
I should go. I should go to bed when she so does. You should just go to bed I when know. she goes to bed. But you'll never see Wiggy. Yeah, I know. You'll never see your husband again. <laughs> You'd probably like it that way. <laughs> I've definitely aged about ten years since having the kids. I really? am knackered. I'm just yeah. And listen, I'm not complaining because mm. it is a small sacrifice to make for the best thing you'll mm. ever do. But bloody hell, your bones ache because you don't ever get over it. It's just this constant hangover of tiredness going into it. And then you've got to work, and then I get this, like, panic that you've got to do live TV on no sleep. And then I look at the autocue, and all the words swap places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! Um, I've only ever had a goldfish, dog, and a cat, so I can't help you there, I'm afraid. (laughs) Listen, I borrowed your dog the other day. How is gorgeous Ruby? I'm I'm so sorry about her poos. Is she pooed? (laughs) pooed all over the carpet. She must have held it in for so long, because when I saw that video you sent... So my dog um, is only a puppy, she's only five months, and Pinkham so um, really kindly decided to look after her for a couple of, well, for one night, didn't you? Well, because I wanted Will, because my son's three, three and a half, and he keeps asking me to get a puppy, and I wanted him to actually have responsibility one, just Mm. for 24 hours, and um, I mean, he absolutely loved it, he hasn't stopped asking about her, which is quite cute, but... But she stinks. But she did, she did poo all over the carpet, which was quite funny. I'm so sorry. Uh, right, listen, um, we're just digressing. Let's yeah. get back to you. So, how much influence did your family have on on growing up and then your career and everything else? Because obviously you're going in a very different direction to Jodie. But how much support did you get in the... You said from a very young age that that's what you wanted mm. to do. And were they always going to help you in that process? Very. I mean, they couldn't help me really in any way because... I had no inns into the industry because mm. I lived in a little village in Norfolk. But what they did give me was support of whatever I wanted to do, they would be behind me. And that's so important, you know, and made it possible and let mm. me know that that was a path I could take. Um, and then, of course, when I went to college, I had to pay my first year's fees, which I couldn't do because I was 16, but my parents did. So um, I owe them everything, really, because they could have easily have said, look, oh, that's a stupid path to go down. Why don't you try yeah. and get something else which is going to be a lot more productive in the future? But they didn't. They said, if that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah. Um, and that's all you need as yeah, a kid. You know? I even got to... I remember getting to 27 and I wasn't working very much. And I phoned my mum and I said, Mum, have I made the wrong decision? Have I, have I taken the wrong path in life? And she said, well, you can do whatever you want. You're 27 years old and you can talk to people and you're nice to people. If you can do that, you can go down any path. And I remember that conversation. Aww. I was walking down the street going to the gym thinking, thanks, Mum. Yeah. And she's still like that now. Yeah. You know, it's so important to have that support from yeah. people around you. Yeah. And so I kind of do owe them everything, really. Aww. And when do you feel was your first big breakthrough then? Was it by Selector, do you think? That's before I knew Each you. Each job is a breakthrough yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Bo Selector was the first job I got paid for on Telefor. Um... Actually, it was. How did that come about? We had I had the same agent as Lee Francis, right? And we just I've met him. You've known him that long, yeah. That's amazing. For, for years and years and years. And, and he's what wife. a lovely bloke. And he's been with Jill, his wife, for that yeah. long as well, hasn't he? And I just met him in reception at John Knoll Management, who looked after us. But and how uh, did you first sign with John Knoll? Because I made a show reel oh. on VHS, kids. <laughs> and you just sent it to some agents and John. I sent it to every agent in the book contacts. That's what you did. Yeah. That's what I did. And um, I got replies from everybody saying, it's not for us. I did. James Grant Management yeah. um, actually said you'd be really suited to John Knoll. And they sent me a letter saying you'd be suited to John Knoll. And so I sent it to John Knoll. And uh, he phoned me, his receptionist phoned me up the next day and said, we've just got your show real. Do you want to come and see John? And at the time, he was looking after Davina and Dermot, who were doing Big Brother, and it had just started. And so how old were you again, sorry? 23. Young, so, yeah. yeah, really young. So I went to see him, and that was it. And he took me on, but I didn't get a job for two years. 
the presenting job, it took a long so time. So what did you do? How, how did you survive? My, I worked in a bar in Islington. Right. Um, I used to run my own little dance school on a Saturday. No Bruce, way. Yeah. Um, I just found a way to survive. I used to temp in London yeah. at different media agencies. You know, you find a way. You find a way to pay your rent, basically. Kind of trying to build it all around this dream of performance. Yeah, and, and also learning. Oh, no, not us. <laughs> also, just learning. I learned that, quick, really quickly learned that TV isn't just about when you're a host, you're not like the main person on the show. Mm. It's about learning the creative process of TV and how it works and yeah. the different jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. When you start learning all that and how it's actually, it's really interesting how TV's made. That's the fun part. Mm. Um, that's so true because mm. I remember, and it might have been my excuse because I was probably a little bit shy and my confidence levels weren't there, but I remember becoming... Um, a runner, researcher, assistant producer first because mm. I thought it was important to understand what went on behind the camera before I got in front of mm-hmm. it. Really important. And um, and then I started getting opportunities in poker. <laughs> Late night <laughs> poker. Late night poker shows. Can still play poker though. So it's a handy, handy little skill to have, isn't it? It's such a good skill to have. Yeah. It's a social skill. And we've always got it from that show. We, t- we took that away. European poker tour, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for thank that. Thank you very much. Um, and so who... Was there? Do you feel a single moment where John, you've said, um, believed in you? Mm. Other people through the years that have given you a break—a kind of sliding doors moment, if you like, where you've gone, "I'm going to go that way and not this way," yeah, and that's absolutely. been significant. Um, so after out. I'd worked on Vogue Selector, I started going for more presenting work, and um, um, or just going to screen tests and stuff. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of auditions, but never getting them ever. Like, I always used to audition for T4, like, on a regular basis, but I was never cool enough. And then um, I auditioned for a show called The Games, and it was on Channel 4, and it was a spin-off show. And a really good friend of mine, Anna Bloom, was the producer on it. Yeah, lovely. And I went to the audition, and she phoned up my agent afterwards and said, she just wasn't, didn't seem like she didn't want the job, she's just not keen enough for us. Like that. They said that about you? Yeah, I wasn't keen enough. No. She just didn't seem like she wanted the job, right? So, for a whole year I didn't work, and then the next year, my agent friend said, she's, Caroline would like to go for the job again, and Anna said, well, she didn't seem keen last time, and my agent was like, she's really keen, Trust she's really keen. Um, so I went back again, and I walk, literally walked in doing a jeté, <laughs> I'm this keen, and that year I got the job, oh, and she's really? ended up being one of my closest friends, because yeah. she taught me a lot about live TV and how it works, she was the first person I ever had in my ear, and yeah, so I owe a lot to her as well, and that's oh. where I met my um, researcher at the time was called Sarah Harris and she used to do my question cards with me she'd write all my own questions and she's now my exec producer on Love Island so all these different people you meet throughout TV do add, you meet them again along the way that door's quite annoying isn't it yeah sorry about that um, so, that, so that's and you go on a bit of a journey together that's so yeah. lovely because um, yeah I mean I remember the, the guy that I was running with at Endemol on Ready Steady Cook He's now smashing it as an exec producer, mm. Nick Johns. So it's like, it, oh, is, wow. it yeah. is funny to see yeah. where, where people end up, isn't it? But it's also really fun to make friends in telly. Because, yeah. you know, they're gonna, your peers are going to be the people you end up working with. So what advice would you give to somebody sort of trying to... Because I, f- I feel like it's changed a lot. Oh, I get asked this all the time. Yeah. And I think it's... it's in some ways, it's harder to get into TV now than it was. Yeah. In some ways, it's easier because it's easy to upload something onto YouTube and it's yeah. more chance of being seen but when I There's started more TV doing it yeah. there, were, there were starting shows like there was children's TV when you start out there was MTV there was all these different, different programs where you TV could start well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but now there's not many places to start but you can actually 
do your own channel, which you couldn't do before when I yeah. started in telly. So it's changed, but not necessarily for the worse and not necessarily for the better. I think it just evolves like everything does. Yeah, and I always say to people, like, if, if students, like, message me or on Twitter or whatever, I always say, like, if there is something that you love, like, if, you, if it's a sport or a documentary or whatever wait and watch the credits at the end and mm. contact that person and tell them because everyone loves a bit of flattery and ego being massaged I love what you did there can yeah. I come and see you and just like just keep being the keynote as you say be the keynote nothing wrong with being keen always being, being a keen being and, and have you found it hard um, or easy sort of reinventing yourself and adapting to the ever changing world of television um, I guess you grew up with your audience so when I, well, I started in doing the games, and then I went back and did kids' TV. So I did a really weird way where I okay. did adults' TV, then I went back and did kids' TV, and then went back and did adults' TV. But your audience sort of grew up with you, I suppose. So the inventing thing, I don't know if I invent different versions of myself because I kind of have always been the same. I'm but very, un, I'm very uncool. I see. That I realised that true. very quickly when I would That's never get the cool true. jobs. I wanted to be true. like, I want to do Top of the Pops, and I want to do T4. It was like. No, you're going to do kids TV and dress as a banana. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're prepared to take the piss out of yourself. And I think that's, yeah. that's the important yeah. bit. Um, and, and what then, what, what happened with, um, you, you did Extra Factor. Mm-hmm. Like, stop me, because if I'm no, getting so my, my dates. Of course you did. Mm. Oh my God, you packed so much in. Well, actually, I'll tell you the path. Go on. So it was um, kids TV. Yeah. And then I got off at Gladiators. And that was a way to sort of with move Ian Wright. from... Do with Ian Wright. Yeah. So I moved from kids' TV to, to family because they wanted someone who would relate to the kids. Because yeah. I was doing Saturday so morning. you were bringing the audience with mm. you from... Yeah. With lovely Ian, who yeah. I loved working yeah. with, actually. Great fun. Yeah. And then um, from then I did The Jungle. And then from The Jungle I did Extra Factor. Right. And how was The Jungle as an experience? One of my favourite jobs ever. Ever, ever, ever. Why was it so much fun? And that was the same producer as... The, um, Sarah Harris. Sarah Harris, yeah. Who's now Sarah Tykiff. Yes. Yeah. So why was it so much fun? Firstly, you were in Australia on the Gold Coast. I mean, that's a given. Where they describe it as one day it's beautiful, the next it's perfect. It's just... It I was, mean, it is... And then I was working with Swashy. I actually got my tattoo on the Gold Coast. No way. Yeah. I got my first tattoo in Australia. Did you? Yeah, What happens to you when you land in Australia? You suddenly it's go all faded now, like. yeah, there it is. Is that your twin one with your sister? Yeah, she never got, she never got it though. <laughs> I think that's the point, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. She's, Caroline's got two little hearts intertwined Thinking in her she, wrist. Yeah. It's very sweet. Um, anyway, yeah, so you're on the Gold Coast. Um, I remember meeting Swashy for the first time, James yeah. Swash, because yeah. he, he was sort of my co-presenter, but more of a roving reporter. Yeah. Um, so we got the flight over together and met on the plane. Um, and and that you was can't not like him. He's just... I just love him. What's he doing now? Same thing, same show. He's still doing it. Still that. does it, yeah. But what does he do the rest of the year? No, no. <laughs> Swashy, what Where are, are you, Swashy? Doing? He's one of those people you can never get hold of as well. Oh, actually. Is he? He's always changing his number. Dodgy old Swash. Yeah. No, he's not really dodgy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Uh, and also, when you're away working on a project, I always find you become closer as a team. Yeah. Because you're away from home. Yeah. So there's that yeah, nice yeah. closeness definitely. where you become sort of a little family. Well, you definitely um, do. And I also made some of my best friends there. So I met Dawn Porter when I was doing the jungle. I met yeah. Gemma Kearney. Yeah. Um, and it was the first, first show I hosted on my own. So as a woman, to host a show on your own yeah. was quite a big thing then. I mean, now I think women are and ruling what year was TV. That? 2009 and 2010. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And did you feel that there was a good energy coming off the, the main show? With well, yeah, the, with Andek. Andek. Like, they yeah. just generate such a 
feel good factor. Yeah, they kicked off every mm. one of our shows by coming and talking to us. And yeah. just the show in general, I mean, it's one of those shows that's going to go forever. Yeah. And there's so much to talk about. And it was live and it was nerve wracking mm. and it was fun. It was silly. It was no seriousness to it whatsoever. Um, and it was just the kind of thing that you get to be, it was different every day. You got to be creative every day. It was just really good. And what do you think about Holly doing it this year? Really good. Yeah. I think they're going to be really fun together. Holly's yeah. great. Holly's got a really good sense of humour. Yeah, I you think you see, see that on Juice quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and even on This Morning. Yeah. I was watching her do Baby Shark the other day. Uh, my kids love Baby Shark. Oh, really? They're obsessed with it. And when I saw her and Philip doing Baby Shark, I was like, yeah, that's basically my morning every morning. Really? Yeah. I like it when Baby she laughs so much that she has to sit, sit down, because that's me. You know when she gets laughing yeah. and then she crouches to the floor? That's what I do when I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and you haven't had no kids yet. You wait. Your pelvic floor won't be able to handle it. Um, and then tell me about the experience on X Factor and Extra Factor Extra Factor came first obviously Extra Factor was it was all good actually it was um, that's when I first met Ollie we met on the first day when we filmed and everybody thought you fancied each other and you probably did a bit I think on the first day there was just an element of we are kind of exactly the same kind of flirtatious people here we are but it was very it came very quickly that we were just (laughs) going to be really good friends yeah but I think you're a flirty person in the sense that you're just I flirt with you yeah that's what I was just about to say with men and women it's like a it's not a sexual thing as such it's just a warmth because I get in trouble for being a flirt but I, you know, I'm married now so I go, well, I'm boring don't worry about me <laughs> and I'll probably flirt more because I'm married because yeah. I think oh, no one's going to take me but seriously flirt is like a, it's like being friendly, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, so Flutter yeah. your eyelashes probably a bit got me in trouble a few times Yeah, so. me too um, <laughs> So, but working with him was good fun Really good fun yeah. It was very easy It was yeah. instant uh, We made each other <laughs> ten minutes before we started filming um, and that for me was stepping onto something like The X Factor was the first time I was like, whoa this is a big juggernaut here. Yeah. You know, we're handling this is this is something that is you're not just dealing with as a job but also in the public eye. Yeah. And that was the first time I felt under scrutiny. Um, really? it's the first time I experienced it, yeah. Okay. Um, and I think things like social media had just started coming around then. So So under scrutiny. You didn't from... just do your job and then go, Well done. It was like you did your job and then some people were going, Ah, actually giving you, you said feedback. that word wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first time I was like, oh, I see. It's suddenly two-way traffic. They yeah, can give their yeah, feedback yeah, yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not just the producers, the audience and everything else. Mm. Um, and what was it like working with, with and for Simon Cowell? Really, really exciting. Yeah. He had this presence when he walked. Well, I didn't work with him for the first three years because it was Gary Barlow. So he was the boss, but he never came in. So you never, he, did, he wasn't sort of hands really, on? Not really, no, no, no. Oh, right. Um, although when he walked in the room, it was almost like the head teacher walking into class. Everyone goes quiet. Really? Um... But, but yeah, then of was, course, he was much more involved in the show when he was on it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was in the that was after I'd done Strictly, so I went back and worked with Simon. Hey. So was like, I did three years on Extra, left, did Strictly, then went back to X Factor. Bloody hell! It's been non-stop. I don't know how you keep up with your own life. Let alone. I know it's quite reminiscent. It's quite nice to reminisce, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back over all things, hmm. and then um, and then the the live element of television. Did you ever find it nerve-wracking? Or did oh, you thrive all the off time. it? Really? No, yeah. it's that. It's that kind of sick feeling where... Do you know what? This is what I always um, always tell myself. Like, excitement and nerves create the same sort of feeling in your yeah. body anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost have to tell your brain, like, be excited. Yeah. Don't be nervous. You're excited. You're not nervous. As soon as you tell yourself that. Um, nerves help me a lot of the time because they help me concentrate. And they help me focus, focus on one thing. Yeah. Whereas if I'm not nervous, my head's like... Whereas nervous, like... So I use it in a good way. Yeah. In, in anything really do you know I um, I was really nervous I did my first interview in um, Formula 1 was with Fernando Alonso who mm-hmm. is a two time world champion Spanish guy and um, he 
is a bit of a legend in in sport. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. Oh no, I'm going to I'm going to speak Spanish to oh, don't. impress him. <laughs> I sort of done Spanish at school and university, so I thought I can I can handle this. Anyway, in Spanish. Um, and apologies if any of the listeners have heard the story before. But I think I've told it once before. Um, it, I'm not on air, by the way. Um, in Spanish, if you want to say "come with me," you have to say "conmigo." With me is literally "con." Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yo is me. Yeah, coño. Conmigo. But if you say coño quickly, it means the C word. Oh no. So you called so in the C I word. Said, I said, una entrevista coño. I meant to say an interview with me, but I said an, an interview. interview. You. <laughs> what did his face he, do? And this was live on air. Is he laughing? Oh yeah, he started laughing. Oh, right. And he said, hey, don't you meant to call me this, Natalie? And I went bright red. That's and really red, good and red and redder and redder and redder. Oh, no. And I've never lived it down. And now every time I see him, he always remembers that six or seven years ago, I called him, oh, God. Okay, but at least he knows you now. Oh, that was one way of getting to know someone, yeah. anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't try and be a smart ass. Well, yeah, I've, the moral never, of that yeah story. there you go. I've never done anything like that that bad before. Um, and so did, did you feel that anyone mentored you on the show or kind of prepared you for the enormity of that? of X Factor because I think I definitely saw a change in you on that in as much as suddenly you were mainstream this was like a really big deal like you, your career's always been doing well and you had a steady trajectory but suddenly it was like boom bloody hell the job, there's nowhere to hide there's no important the job never feels more important than it did when you were doing kids TV because everything's as important you take it as seriously but I guess um, you're not prepared for the stuff that comes with it I suppose what the um, press scrutiny? Yeah, or just um, the size of it all. Yeah, but the job itself. Mm. You know, you've, your producers are so important. You know, you've, you you can't just walk in there and think you're going to do it all yourself because you're not. You yeah. know, everyone's jobs on the show are really important. You learn how important each person is. You know, you must be like that. Um, and you have to rely on a lot of people. You know, you don't yeah. walk in and um, everything is 
when I walk in and I thought, and your script is written for you, and everyone's sat there and they've been working on this for a couple of weeks, you can't just swan in and swan out. You know, yeah. so you've got to take time to realise that people have put so much Everything into this, into and yeah. you, you know, they're there to help you. Yeah, they are there to help you. Yeah, and uh, that's quite a big thing. But and in terms of press scrutiny, I've had probably a thousandth of what you've had. <laughs> And even that, I just found pretty overwhelming. Mm. And that was never anything necessarily to do with me. It was to do, more to do with association, who I was being associated with mm. in the press. But bloody hell, it, it, it might have only been like on page six of the paper. But in my mind, it was everywhere and it was scrutiny and people mm. were looking. And I just couldn't cope with it. I don't know why. Probably chosen the wrong job. But yeah. I feel now that I'm sort of married with children, whatever. Mm. I'm sort of tucked That's away old. a bit more and yeah. it feels safer. Um, how did you cope with that? And particularly, like on your own, did you feel exposed? Did you feel you do in the someone's, someone had your back? You do in the beginning, and you sort of go through. A, I think you don't know who to trust. I think that's more. Yeah. Because when it's a big old intrusion, you do feel like, right, what's going on here? Why does everyone want to know something? Yeah. Who can I trust? Who can I not trust? But as you go on and you learn what the industry is really about, it's, you've got to kind of accept that that comes with it, and it yeah. sounds really silly. No one's like throwing knives in your eyes no. or trying to do anything bad to you. You know, it's just press intrusion. And mm. actually, if you stop reading it, it isn't there because mm. not a lot of people do read it. Yeah. And yeah, I actually you, genuinely you just, don't read yeah, papers anymore. I mean, I watch the news. If my life, I listen to the radio a, and, and read Twitter. Yeah. Sort of get the yeah. headlines. But I don't and I'm very actually, lucky to do the job I do. So you kind of. I try you, not. You accept that it just comes as part yeah, of the deal. Just, there's, ways, there's ways of having a private life still mm. you just have to work out the secret places to go um, but for yeah. you now but don't you just feel completely no I just grounded. need to get myself a gate on my house in the driveway <laughs> at the minute my house goes straight onto the street ah. there's not much you can do about that um, but I have to learn how to do it so I'm going to try I'm currently looking for a house with a gate <laughs> anyone know a house with a gate <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard one. in London it's really hard in London so I'm going to have to shoot myself out of London bloody afford it in London it's you're like a mole and live underground I know you can't no, I don't like moaning about parking in London I don't like moaning about it. No, 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 and, mm. and I'm not for one minute thinking you are, but mm. I do think that there's a there is a there's a kind of sweetness and vulnerability about you. This is just talking as your friend. <laughs> that as I lick my plate, as you lick your plate, <laughs> she's literally licking a plate. <laughs> <laughs> so classy. But there is something about you that because I think you are so kind to other people you could never understand why someone would be horrible to you. So you always, and I saw a shift in you where suddenly you were, hang on a minute, why would you treat me like that? You know, I've never done that to you. And I don't know, that's quite sad. That's a, like, a bit of cynicism set in. Would have to with what you do. Yes, Is it part of but you up? learn that it's only certain people. And if but they choose to live, but if are, they, yeah, it? but it's, if they choose to live their life like that, then they have to live their life mm. like that and know that they've done those things. Um, but you quickly learn who your friends are. You know mm. who to trust. You know who to rely mm. on. And there are much worse things going on in life That's than true. someone standing outside my front door trying to get a picture of my bum cheek. You know, <laughs> no one wants to see that. Just pull a meaning. <laughs> just give them what they want. <laughs> no, don't. What That's is the? Thing. Yeah, <laughs> just don't. Just <laughs> ignore it. Smile and wave. <laughs> um, what is the most ridiculous thing you read about yourself? Oh, that I was being haunted by a, a ghost child. What? Yeah. Front page. Of which paper? The Daily Star. Oh, for God's mm-hmm. sake. And I was on my own at home and it was really late. And you know, when the, <laughs> it came on Twitter and it just said, Caroline haunted by ghost child. And I went, what? Shit, and they'd I'm seen, like... they'd seen in my, on Instagram I'd put up a ghost, like a ghost like face in a mirror. 
and then they just made up from that. They didn't tell me. They just went front page. What's the ghost way face out. in the mirror? Well, there was eventually, but I don't think it was real. I think it was a shadow. Are they superimposed something? No, it was like a shadow. All oh, right. And they decided to call it a ghost and put it on the front page that I was being haunted by a ghost child. <laughs> I've got it. Bl- I've got the front page blown up on my toilet wall. That's because it was funny. that ridiculous. That is funny. That is. I couldn't sleep taken- that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bloody hell! I get mm. scared so easy. That would be ridiculous. Um, now, tell me about the experience of Strictly because that was that was incredible. Mm. I mean, from from day one, you just turned it on, and you just there's some weird crackling going on, by the way, on this oh. podcast. I'm really sorry if people can hear that, but I'm looking at the machine, and it says that it's okay. So we'll carry on. Um, yeah, tell me about Strictly because I, I, I always knew you would be good at that because you are a great little jazz hands performer. <laughs> But to turn it on in front of that many people, that must have been hard. It was. In, in, a, in was, a great way, in an exciting way. It was. I suppose because I did, I did go to stage school and I always did little classes here and there when I was yeah. a kid. I was kind of used to the stage performing, but um, I didn't know how much I'd love it. Yeah. It was kind of, again, it was that nervous but really exciting feeling. It was a really nice production to work on. Yeah. It was a... Uh, and I was really lucky because I got a really good partner. Yeah. Did you fancy him? No, I didn't. Oh, but I was come in on. awe of him. I fancied him. And it was a bit like I didn't even dance. With it him. was a bit like Dirty Dancing. I felt like yeah. he was Patrick Swayze, and I just turned up to the whole day oh. camp, and I was like, I want to learn to suffer. Oh. Um, I think but I was I can a really totally hard understand year. Why I... people do fancy their partners because you, you you go through this on this journey together, and then when you mm. have the highs and lows, and it's pretty intimate, and your bodies get all tangled up, and oh, but also people think it's really sexy when you have rehearsals, but actually. You're really sweaty. You're probably the smelliest you've ever been. You're moaning because you can't do the dance. You've just had a coffee. Like I don't yeah. think it's that sexy when no, you're in the room. Maybe not. Um, so maybe that's why people fall in love because they see their worst bits and still love them. Oh, you you know, because it so it's not all negative. Um, it was really good. It was. It was. It's one of those things you'll never get to do again. Yeah. It's an experience. You won't be able to go and do Strictly 2. No. You won't be able to become a dancer because there are already dancers in there who you're are like amazing. You're like David Brent in the office just coming back. You're like, you don't work here anymore, Caroline. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> and it also it takes ages to leave you. You see all these people who go to Strictly and they never stop talking about it. Yeah. I've only just stopped talking about it. Really? Um, because it's... Is it quite hard to check, like... Do you almost feel a bit jealous of the new contestants? Because you go, oh, you've got so that much. Whole, whole, whole thing, thing to, to go through. I also think there should be, you know, dancing is a way to bring people closer together, and they use it negatively and strictly and say, oh, it breaks people apart. But actually, there should be a show that reunites people by dancing. You know, maybe marriages that are going through trouble or relationships oh. that are breaking down. Dance can bring you completely back together. It's a joyous show. There's no negativity involved. I've never worked on anything so positive. You make loads of good friends. It's just, it was such a good experience. Oh. It really was. In fact, the next day I felt really down. I remember waking up and felt like yeah. someone had covered me in cling film and I just won it. And I felt like I was laying in bed and someone had covered me in cling film and I couldn't lift my body up. Oh, I know. Exactly hungover. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of opportunities did that kind of offer you then? And was it quite hard to work out which direction you wanted to go in? Well, no, not really. I think it opened up a different audience because yeah. I like old old men and like granddads would come up to me on the street and go like, I voted for your strictly and so that was so sweet. cute yeah. things like that so it does open you up to different audience I suppose with stuff you want to do and then then theatre sort of comes knocking as well which I've never really given having the opportunity to do properly yet um, but I'd love to really, yeah, yeah I'd love to should. Yeah. you'd be brilliant at that like what would be the ultimate I don't know, I don't know. there must be a dream role out there 
See, I've got this. I've got a slight issue. You know what? how some people have body dysmorphia, where they look in the mirror and they see a fat body when it's actually a thin one. Mm. I have dance dysmorphia. I think <laughs> I can dance, but I really can't. You did dancing on ice. And which round did I go out in? The one I was there. <laughs> Caroline came all the way to watch me. I was your bad omen, and I was terrible. You were. Um, I know, but I also think nobody knew who I was. It's so. a lot harder to learn to dance on ice than it is to learn oh to dance on the floor. Oh my god! I mean, Jesus, this. I mean, I've got scars to prove it. But again, that's the thing. I, I definitely think that's why you kind of have a bit of a thing for your partner because you, you actually get injured and there's blood and there's bumps and, and you look after each other and you yeah. become a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, I was shit at that. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, rubbing my nose in it. <laughs> so was, yeah, at least it wasn't the first round. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, my parents like punched the ceiling because they, they were like, "She's not going to go far. We have to accept that." But at least it wasn't the first round. Um, yeah, but zero sort of um, rhythm, I think. Wiggy says I dance like there's too much going on. <laughs> I, I just move way too much. But like an octopus. That's that's how my partner described me. Did you know that? No. That's how you just did something with your arm that looked very octopus-like. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. You... He actually, I said to him, how do you think? Um, how do you think uh, it's going? Because you know, hoping for some words of encouragement. He went, uh, Natasha. I went, oh, it's Natalie. And he went, oh, whatever. <laughs> I went, oh. Okay. He called you Natasha. He called me Natasha. I was like, the whole time. We're not going very well if you call me Natasha. Um, I said, uh, he went, Natasha, lifting you? It is like lifting octopus. I was like, okay. No. I can't see see the final (laughs) question. So, uh, did you expect to win it? No, I was up against Pixie Lot. I remember going in when they announced the lineup. I was like, "Oh, damn!" Yeah. Uh, there was Pixie Lot. We had Frankie, Jake Wood ended up being like this real surprise, amazing dancer. I was like happy to stay in for a couple of weeks, like you. Yeah. And then every week you wanted to stay in the next week, um, and then I don't know how. I still don't know how I won it. I think on the last couple of weeks, I'd actually come out of a quite a serious relationship, and I went a bit a bit emo and <laughs> became really emotional and my partner says you need to use this really? you need to use this emotion channel and channel it all and I did and, and did they help you get over the breakup yeah it did because it's yeah. I guess on the last on the last show you get to do a show dance you get to choose whatever you want I was like I want to do um, kung fu fighting I was like really funny he goes you're too emotional to do kung fu fighting <laughs> we're going to do Robin Williams Angels I was like oh, okay fine <laughs> uh, but then it was a really emotional dance so maybe that helped I don't oh. know um but yeah, it was just yeah. I only have good memories of Australia. I'd do it all over again if they asked me. Oh yeah. Well, they should do. I mean, I don't know how much you can milk the format because you'll be back. I mean, you just literally would never leave. Um, I went to watch Kirsty actually as well, Gallagher. Oh yeah, she did. She um, had Brendan, didn't she? She yeah, she did. Yeah, but she, I think um, she definitely enjoyed the experience. But I don't think she let herself go in the way that you did. I, I didn't think that's quite let mean. myself go till the end though. Oh, when, I, right. when I sort of became a bit like I was all heartbroken and like just as sort of as sad as you can be, really. And then I was like, Do you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna just go for it this right, time. Right. Maybe that's what it was. I let myself go in the last weeks. couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, I was a bit stiff on the first couple of weeks. Yeah. She's just self conscious because everyone's just looking at you. Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. you get lost in the music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, right, Love Island. Yeah. My God, what a phenomenon that has become. It's so weird. That, I mean, that is weird, isn't it? 
You say it's weird. I remember watching it's the first brilliant. show is it, is it with weird? my makeup artist Gemma when yeah. it first went out. We went, this is going to be huge. And it wasn't. <laughs> the first series wasn't huge. Oh, gee. Um, so it's, it's been a gradual burner, but I think that's been word of mouth. But yeah, I'm really glad. Because when I was offered to do it, I, I, my agent said, you can't do it because you're doing X Factor. And I was like, but I really want to do it. Like, is there any way we could do both? Nope, your dates, they two overlap. And I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged and I kept talking to the producers and they were like, just beg, make sure you... And then eventually, Simon Cow actually gave me time off of X Factor filming so I could do both. So how, though? Flying back and forth. Right. And... So how did you get around the live stuff? It was all the pre-recorded stuff. So I just didn't turn up... I didn't do some of the audition dates of X Factor. Um, Ollie did them on his own. So actually, it was really kind of Simon to let me do that because it ended up being a real... Real oh, nice show to do. It's been incredible. Mm. And again, that kind of shot in the arm for your career. Yeah. Just when you needed it, it's gone boom. Yeah. The flack is back. Yeah, it's been good. And I mean, I can't say I've got anything to do with the success of the show, but I'm part of it. Yeah, no, um, 100%. But the show has um, done really well, yeah. And, and why do you think that is? Why do you think people have bought into it so much? I think relationships are something that every single person on this planet can relate to. Mm. I think the show is a really simple format about a very complicated subject, mm. so it gives everyone something to talk about. I think in general we're very nosy and we're interested in other people's relationships anyway. I think even when I was a kid I used to come home and go, Mum, can you believe that Gemma's dad's now going out with Bob's mum? You know, <laughs> like even village gossip was big then. Yeah. You know, the world is one big love island. Um, relationships are always going to be different yeah. the show is always going to be different with a different cast and it's a form of escapism you know the show yeah. isn't based on drama the show is based on people falling in love and they fall in love in real time and you see it yeah. and you feel it and then sometimes people get heartbroken and you relate to it you know so there's so many aspects of the show that people can get lost in so I think that's why do you think actually Big Brother missed a trick to not kind of reinvent themselves and t- go down the love route specifically I think Big Brother in its heyday was the best it could possibly oh, be amazing. I think um, the format of Love Island is just different you know there is a format it's not just yeah. you throw people in a house and, and see what happens it is they have to recouple you know yeah. and in real life sometimes you meet someone you go off them after a few dates and you go actually I'm going to go out that one now yeah. it's real and as much as, you know, there's an element of production in it because you have to, because it's for TV. Yeah. It's kind of, I really need to go to the toilet. Can I go to the toilet? Of course you can. Now. Well, I mean, <laughs> what are we bursting for a week? Why is that suddenly? Because it suddenly came on. Oh my God. <laughs> go to the loo. Thanks. I'll pause See you in a minute. <laughs> Never found. And we're oh, yeah. back. <laughs> what did you say? You're always toned. You've had two kids. You've got the body of an athlete. No, I, well, no, I mean. You have. I've seen pictures of your bum. No cellulite. No cellulite. You've seen my bum in the flesh as well, I think. Yeah, but sometimes pictures and light can pick up. Like, I'm... My, I've always said... I've had cellulite since I was a teenager. Really? It's just... I think it's just something you have. I think it's don't. genetic. Yeah. Does your mum have cellulite? Um, not as much as me. No. But I'm... Like, I'm always going to have it. But you have not got it. I suppose it's just like maybe <sighs> having, like, big ears. You've either got big ears or not, have you? Right? Yeah, but I, I don't know. Look, I don't know what to... I, I am... Um, Called the hairless greyhound by what? my nearest and dearest. Owen Wiggy calls me the hairless greyhound. Because you're athletic. I, I don't know why, but I am muscly, and it's not. Don't. I mean, honestly, if I if I did train a lot, I mean, I remember mm. doing my exams, and um, I don't know why we're talking about this now. But anyway, I, I remember going to the gym a lot during my exams, during my degree, and um, I, I mean, I look like Linda Christie. <laughs> I, mean, I look like a bloke. I was like morphing into a, a man. You just you got just do you tone easily, muscle going tone down. And I just do, t- yeah, I just put muscle so easy. I don't know why. And stomach, because I've never had abs. Yeah, but my stomach ain't pretty. Trust me, since having kids, 
It hasn't re-knitted properly yet. It's got this sort of groove down it the middle will. still. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Love Island. Love Island. Um, and did you feel that in a way that there was any even more scrutiny on your own love life because of everything that was going on love, on love Island? Well, the irony was I had no love life and I was hosting a show about love. Um, in fact... I was really unqualified for the job. <laughs> no. If anything, I think that makes you more qualified. Or maybe. Or maybe because, I can relate to the situation yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, of course it does. But then yeah. you're... I think I stand next to a lamppost and they say I'm going out with it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's like... Yeah, but again, I think, I think genuinely... I know it's probably not easy to... Mm, but I genuinely think that's because people kind of care about you that you're kind of like their sister who they want to fall in love and you know yeah I don't know I'm I'm alright I think a lot of the time the the media it's only thing I'm going to say about the media they can make you out to be having like a mental breakdown in your life Mm. and you're literally sitting at home eating a bowl of cornflakes and you read it and you're like I've just got up and I'm about to have a really nice day and I'm reading that I'm having a mental breakdown I'm not I'm fine and you know what I probably will have one now you've said that some (laughs) relationships work and some don't but I'm not about to like my head's not about to explode because of it. You're not giving I'm up on I'm fine. Because yeah. <laughs> I think you're actually a really romantic person. Yeah, and actually, re- I've had some really good relationships. And they might not have worked out forever, but they yeah. worked out for the time yeah. being. And some relationships aren't forever, as yeah. we've talked about earlier with yeah. uh, marriages that sometimes break up. Yeah. You know, love comes and goes, but it's there's always time for more. My dad um, said to me, I remember breaking up with my boyfriend of like seven years, and uh, and I was like, couldn't really understand mm. who I was because I, I think I define myself by him yeah. which is really wrong but I'd gone out with him from the age of 16 to or 17 to 24 yeah so it was bonkers it was a really significant part of my life and he gave the best advice he gave me was that life is your life is like a book and actually the only common theme in it is you mm. you're the only thread that goes from beginning to end and everything else is chapters yeah. and actually every chapter does build towards you and the yeah. complete picture of your life and once I sort of saw it like that, I then accepted that actually I didn't need him exactly. to define who exactly. I was. And, exactly. and, and, and that helped me grow up a lot. Yeah, but I think you actually... And it worked. Go on, it works the same with the media. They can't define who you are either. No, no. You know, only you can. So, you But know, I do think it is hard to read stuff about your private life in the paper. If it's true. A right. lot of it's not true. You know, there's so been times, you actually, there's it times when... True. I, I, I just miss it out of hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But um, I think if they if they actually found out what was really going on, that'd be quite distressing. But the majority of the time, they don't. Right. You know, there's been times when I've been standing on a red carpet and I felt like burst into tears, but yeah. I've been getting on with my job and doing it. Yeah. And no one knows. There's been times yeah. you've gone on telly, I felt like breaking into tears, but no one knows. Yeah. But there's times when I'm laughing around like a clown and they think you're having the worst time of your life. So yeah. no, one re- no one ever really knows what's going on in your life, ever. No. And does that make it lonelier then? If you don't talk about it. Yeah, so you just have to have that inner circle that you Sometimes can share stuff just, with. Yeah. Like always, when you talk about stuff, it yeah. shares it, doesn't it? It halves yeah. it with anything. Yeah. All the time. Just yeah. talk to people. Yeah. It helps. Do podcasts. Yay. <laughs> yeah. No, but do you know what is funny that you said about the truth bit? Mm. Um, again, you know, this is a microcosm of your mm. situation, but with, if ever I've read something with an element of truth to it yeah, about myself, that gives me the willies. Because I, I go... A, how do they know that? And B, I don't like that one core fact to be true and someone's been able to spin it one way. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Whereas if it was a complete lie, I could just dismiss it yeah. out of hand and go, what load of crap, I don't believe it. I remember you know? there was an article once where someone said I was pregnant. That was just the one thing that got to me once. They said I was pregnant because of, of a shirt I was wearing. And actually it just happened to be a shirt that I quite liked and it was just not tight because I don't wear tight clothes. 
and uh, it was like Caroline Hyde's pregnancy and I just thought to myself do you know what I could be pregnant yeah. I could not be pregnant I could also yeah. not be able to have kids all those things you yeah. don't know how dare you yeah. Yeah. speculate yeah. that that is going on in my body yeah. that's when it gets yeah. personal because yeah. they don't know yeah. if I was wasn't or could have been yeah. and that annoys me that's the only thing I remember Chrissy Teigen <laughs> saying that me. get out of my womb <laughs> and it's true get out of my body yeah, yeah exactly. you don't have any and oh, someone you're said, so and right. someone else said, said something like is she pregnant or have you been eating pies and I literally replied pies <laughs> thanks and four they of tasted them tasted really good <laughs> but it's so true I think that's really dodgy territory when you start getting into a woman's yeah. you know life like that because I'm sure you do want to be a mum yeah and you'd be a bloody good one but it's still no one's business if I do or don't yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I see what you're like with Wolf and Willow <laughs> no but you're just naturally well, I have very good nieces physical. and nephews yeah there you go yeah. It's gorgeous. Uh, right, okay. Um, what about future projects? Ooh. What have you got coming up? What would you like to do? Um, there's a show I've always wanted to do. There's two shows I've always wanted to do. One could be happening that we're working on at the minute. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. You can't tease me like that. Tell me something. And then I can't. Give me more. I can't. You know what? It's like, it's like the, the secret of telly. So there's one thing that I've always wanted to do. I also, do you know my dream shows? That I've, which seems quite surprising. I'm quite envious of like Davina's shows she does when she does Long Lost Family and stuff oh like that. Oh my god! It is. I'd unbelievable. like to do something a bit more emotional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't stop crying. Though. That's the thing. That's the only problem. Well, you know, if, I wish there was like a modium for crying. You know how like you could take a modium to stop yourself from going for a poo. <laughs> if there was a tablet I could take to stop myself from like crying at these programs. Do you know what one of my favourite shows is? <coughs> Go on. DIY SOS. Oh my god, it is just into it. Oh my god, that gets me every time. It's because she's actually welling up now as we're talking. <coughs> oh god, yes, because you come. Um, no, I'm with you on that. I'm 100 yeah. percent with you because it's life stories. It's people. It's real. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a, a real insight into someone's mm. very difficult world. I remember seeing the one about the gay couple that were adopting, you know, profoundly disabled children, and then they built a house. Have uh, you seen that one? No. Oh my god! And then the whole town get involved. You have to, you have to see that, and it's like taking collective responsibility yeah. for each other, which again yeah. is so heartening, isn't it? Yeah. I need real to get. Life. I need to get real you out doing problems. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There are real life problems out there. Yeah. And we concentrate on all these stupid things. Yeah, That's why yeah, they don't yeah. matter. Yeah, they don't. They don't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, you won't get much sympathy anyway from people because no. they recognise it, nor do you want it. Um, I need to get you out doing more stuff with Hope and Homes for Children because we go to all these different communities. And the work, I'd love to. The work we do is all about reinforcing and supporting family and community to look after themselves. Yeah. So getting kids out of institutions and orphanages and back into their communities where they belong, yeah. but giving them the infrastructure to be able to achieve that. I think that's what's so important. Yeah. Because that's what I'd love to do. I'd love to do that kind of Challenge Annika stuff where you go back in and... Challenge Annika! Well, why don't we do that together? Shall we? Oh my God, that would be amazing. Because, and what I think, what I think people need to do is... It's, it's the idea where you can go in and, and actually equip them to going forward. So it's not a vanity project. Mm. It's not you going in and making a TV show to get bums on seats yeah. and ratings. It's actually going to change lives for the better. Yeah. Forevermore. And, and, and you know, and it's a lasting... Because I remember when we built the house in, um, in Romania, the best advice I got was, don't assume you're just going to raise this money, build a house and get out. You have to have a, pla- a contingency plan to take them forward for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doing them a disservice because you're homing the and then children leaving it. and then leaving them the chance mm. of abandonment again. And, and actually, you're, you know, you're helping reinforce that vicious cycle. Yeah. So 
Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Come on. Um, okay, now, listen, a couple of questions well, yeah. that I always ask um, guests are advice to your younger self. What would mm. you say? Because I think that could also then be applied to anyone young who's listening to this that might be struggling okay. with, with with whatever, mental health issues, body issues. You must get approached about lots of different things in your role because so many young girls and boys Absolutely, watch what yeah. you do. So. What would you tell your younger self, and then that in turn can be rolled out to whoever's listening and Gosh. might need a bit of help? What would I tell my younger I put, self? I put, you, put you on the spot stop, a bit, haven't I? Stop catastrophizing so much because I catastroph- I've always catastrophized, but then I suppose that makes me who I am, and I'm quite careful in that sense. Mm. Um, and again, it's like don't let other people define you or worry about what other people think. It sounds quite cliche, but it's mm. so true because mm. everyone is going through their own. They're probably not thinking about you, actually. They're probably worried about themselves. And we go around thinking everyone's worried about me, but they're not. Everyone's, Mm. you know, look after your friends, look after your family. Don't lose touch with your parents. Mm. Um, You know, as you grow older, you realise how important your family is and how important your parents are to you. And when you're younger, I know what I was like, I just want to leave home. Um, And don't mix your drinks. (laughs) Very important. Don't (laughs) mix your drinks on a night out. There, therein lies <laughs> the most profound advice you will get all year. Don't mix the drinks. Bloody good point. Yeah. Um, and what keeps you awake at night? Oh, this, this is what I mean. I catastrophize my everything. So you still do. So the advice you give to younger self, you're still not taking now. No. But I worry more about other people. Because yeah. I know I'm big enough and ugly enough to look after myself. And I do. And I'm very, I'm like fiercely independent. Mm. Annoyingly so to a lot of people. Um, but other people I worry about so all the time. who do you worry about? Your family, oh. your family's health and things like that. Yeah, and what would ha- what if? It's always what if. Yeah. What if this happens? What if this happens? Yeah. Sometimes I phone my sister up in the night and I'll say, I've been thinking about that big bookshelf in your lounge and I'm worried it's going to fall down and squash one of the kids. I mean, come on. Get a grip, me. So <laughs> I saw this lady interviewed yesterday mm. who's the oldest woman, oldest person in the UK. She's 112. Mm. And when asked what they thought was the secret to her longevity is... Um, Drinking a little bit of whiskey every day oh. and not worrying. Not she worrying. said, "I've never worried about anything because what what good's it going to do?" And it's so true. But See, Joe calls me worrying. Auntie Safe because oh. I worry about everything. So yeah. I make sure when she she knows when she drops the kids off with me, they're going to be fine. Yeah, because I've already like put cotton wool everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and said, "Right, we're not you leaving the house, guys." Till you have kids. I don't think I don't know if I'm going to be able to be. I'll have to literally have to just be have proper hypnotherapy before I let them even go to school. I mean, I I'm, worry about everything. Yeah. I mean, you do. It, it goes mm. up another level for oh some God. reason. When you, <laughs> but my parents worried about me, so maybe that's where I get it from. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we can get over that issue. Mm. Cause it's, it's so maybe I just think that's just caring, isn't it? I don't see it as too much of a bad trait. No. I think um, it's also, what else keeps me up at night? Oh, I, I used to suffer from um, uh, sleep para- para- paralysis oh. a lot. They say that people only suffer it from once in their lives. I used to get it every night. So I've found out that if I sleep with white noise... And it doesn't happen. So I always have a fan on, even in the winter. It goes ah, all night next to my ears. And Perfect. So, and I sleep all night. It stops you getting that sensation that you've Because can't you move. can't trick your body that you're awake. Because you have to hear the fan. So, but I don't understand how it works. The sleep, sleep paralysis thing happens. So sleep paralysis is when your body stays asleep but your mind wakes up. And then you panic because you can't move. Or is it when your body wakes up and your mind... Anyway, right. whatever it is. But you just basically have the sensation how. that you can't move. Yeah, I've worked wow. out. You feel like someone's in the room. Wow. I've worked out that if my fan's on, I don't get it. I've never had it since I've had a fan on. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, any regrets? Mm, fringe. <laughs> I always regret having a fringe. 
They take a long time to grow out. They don't suit me. They always get split ends. Um, other than that, I've learned. I think you learn from everything. Cheaper than getting Botox. Though. Everything you do, yeah. Everything you do where you've gone, whoops, um, is a great story in the future. Yeah. Unless you've like, you don't want to end up hurting anybody. But if you've made some silly mistakes where you, oh, I did it again, kind of thing, then you just—it's a great story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, look. What I want to do is come back and see you on a regular basis okay. to hear more of those stories. So I hope, I, I hope in a way you keep screwing up and having regrets because then there's good stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so lovely to see oh, you today, you too. as ever, Blackie. Thanks, Blackie. Thanks for your time, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.